One guy's a three-time Pro Bowler, the other's a three-time Wisconsin Sports Writer of the Year, and together, they're just two guys talking pack. This is the Coon Podcast with Jason Wildey and John Coon. It is the John Coon Podcast. What is this, episode nine? Sure. I think it is. I, we've come is it a, eight? We've, we've come a long way from the initial episode where we had the old background noise from the press auditorium, people talking on the phone in the background. Yeah, we, we've eliminated some distractions, <laughs> some things these football teams are doing down the stretch here as well. Uh, well, I think it's it, it's either eight or nine. We'll shoot for nine. That just makes us sound it better. It sounds like we've been on even yeah. longer than yeah. we have. It feels just like yesterday that we started that, and we had that button that we didn't turn down, and we were listening to people talking in the media auditorium. But we've solved that, and we're ready to go. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I am fantastic. The Packers coming well, off. Okay, so oh, I just want to oh. I want to get into Thanksgiving because it's over now, and we we previewed Thanksgiving. We knew how miserable yours was going to be because you told us that. So now, can we have um, a recap? Was it as miserable as you thought it was going to be? Did you have from turkey a food bacon? perspective? Okay, did you have turkey bacon? Uh, I did. You so you did do you did breakfast at night for Thanksgiving? So we ate fairly early. Okay. We uh, we recorded the podcast on Wednesday, yeah. and then the Packers did practice Thursday. There's some a- availability now that you're a member of the media, as Aaron Rodgers likes to point out. I'm Jason Wildey, by the way. I, yes. I, I come along for the ride on the Coon podcast. Um, and so then I went home, and Paula and the girls were ready to have our traditional Thanksgiving feast of eggs and toast and unbelievable breakfast potatoes uh <laughs> well, but, you get breakfast potatoes oh yeah they, they went all out the turkey bacon bagels i thought you steered away from from potatoes Do, no i like carbs yeah. i'm a carbaholic oh, okay. my name is jason and i'm a carbaholic <laughs> um what else are you but on my way that, that we'll save that for episode <laughs> nine or ten or whatever the next one is uh but on the way home i did stop at festival foods my favorite grocery store, and I was uh, no, I oh. bought turkey. They have these pre-packaged in the deli area: turkey with gravy, uh, mashed potatoes, yeah, corn. That's a hungry man. Yeah, well, it well, right, but not so in the got, frozen section. You, this okay. was like, you know what this is? This was, was the lonely was... single guy meal. Is what it was. <laughs> so you had the meal before the meal? No. So then, so we ate at like two thirty or whatever, and by you know seven thirty, the girls went to bed, oh. and I was up by myself working. And you just imagined it. Was so leftovers. I had it. Yeah. So I had my turkey, traditional turkey oh, dinner. I love the leftovers. Did what you, about your did, things? Did you, well, hold on. Did you take all the? Did you take all of it? Put it in a bowl, and just put it no. all in a microwave together in one Haven't big. We've been friends for a long enough time for you that's to know my, that listen, I need to divide all my food that's separately. That's my favorite part is the leftovers. You throw it all in one bowl. The, the, stuffing, like the, the stuffing goes on the bottom. Then you throw some corn on top. Then a little bit of potatoes kind of on the side, the turkey. And then you put gravy all over everything. Lindsay likes to put cranberry sauce. I the, the gelatinous, Wait, Lindsay the gel- does it too? She the puts the whole mix together? The, she won't mix it all together. But that's she likes it. Yeah, the, the gelatinous cranberry sauce, I just can't get over it. It's Tausch like, loves it. it. Comes out, it just well. Tausch kind of <laughs> the oh, don't do it. He listens to the I was, podcast. I was going to say Tausch kind of looks like it. You're but, mean. No, I am mean. I'm sorry, Mark, if you're listening. So wait, so but, you're you're putting it into like a big bowl all of everything get, all together, and when it comes out, I'm fifty fifty whether I stir stir it up. I might even stir it up. It's called a it's called a mash bowl. 
I've never been more disappointed in you in all no, my it's, life. It's it's delicious. So, but all the flavors like it mixed. You can't taste what you're eating. It's like a. But now you're at the question: Do all the flavors mix together enhance the flavor, or do they just water it down? I tend to believe that it enhances the flavor. As long as you keep the cranberry cook out of okay, it. Yeah. okay so that's what you, so how was your thanksgiving it was fantastic you know uh, uh we did not my mom cooked thanksgiving dinner on wednesday because on thursday the daunting task of cleaning everything up is is just it's too much it's too so much. so she cooked everything on wednesday i took the girls out for thanksgiving dinner they had thanksgiving dinner over at uh, over at Green Bay, so we went over there. We had Thanksgiving dinner over there, which was spectacular. Wait, you had it where? At the Green Bay Country Club, yeah, where I play golf. Oh, really? Yeah, you, you knew what I meant, but you just wanted to point out. But yeah, we had it. We had it there, and <laughs> it was it was spectacular. It was great. You know, the best part is you fill up. You're at that point where the trip to fan starts to kick in. Mm. You're ready to undo your top button. And you're just your pants, yeah, <laughs> or your shirt, and <laughs> maybe the jowls got a little bigger. I don't know. I got that problem. And and you're just kind of unwinding, and you, the, the, it sets in. I don't have to do dishes. I don't have to clean nice. a single plate. And then you go home, and then the leftovers are there for later in the evening, so that when we were watching the Saints Falcons game, we could just pull out the leftovers from the night before and eat them nice. for, for the for the second meal. But that's out of Tupperware dishes and on paper plates, so we were good. Or in my case, out of a, a bowl. big bowl, right? Mm. So that you have you have a you have a pretty good racket there. I like your Thanksgiving yeah. plan. That's this was the first year we did it like this. Normally, people people come to town, but nobody came to town this year, probably because we had an away game. So it was it was easy. So can you answer something honestly for me? I will. You think I would fit in at the Green Bay Country Club? You yeah, think, you think I, I, actually, I think you would. Really? Yeah. What makes you say that? Well, we got a nice group of it, it just of normal people. people. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice normal club. It's not a snobby club. We, uh, I hate to admit this, but we allow denim on the course after Labor Day. So I think you shorts. Fit, I think you'd fit in. Well, jorts too. Yeah, I think you'd fit in just fine, Jason. <laughs> Well, I appreciate you saying that. Maybe you can. Do, you, do I have to have like a sponsor? Like, do you, I'll sponsor you because I, then I want the referral. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm here to help. I also clearly need to find another job in addition to the ones I already do. So, Thanksgiving is behind us. Christmas is ahead, and in between, the Packers have uh, played the Giants and defeated them. Yes. They play Washington this week. They play the Bears at home to wrap up the home schedule on mm. December 15th. Yes. Um, and then, obviously, the big showdown on Christmas Eve Eve on Monday Night Football with the Vikings. Mm -hmm. Now, did you watch the Vikings this past Monday on Monday Night Football? Yes, I did. And yes, what I did. is you, where, where do you think that team is before we delve into the team that you cover on I a daily think, basis? I think that team is much better than the team that we played, what was it, week two? Yeah. I believe the team's much better than what they were at that point in time. Um, fortunately for the Packers, they suffered some punches early in the season. So where the Packers stand right now, they just need to go 3-1 and one down the stretch to win the division. I mean, the Packers are sitting in about as good a spot as they have in, in recent history to be able to secure themselves uh, not, just a good, uh, not just a spot in the playoffs, but a good, safe spot in the playoffs. You know, division win is going to get them third seed. Um, running the table is probably going to get them a first-round bye. Right. That will be vital, and we heard Aaron Rodgers talk about that along with uh, him telling fans to get their PBR and their lineys and their Miller lights on in advance of the Redskins game. I am curious, though. That, uh, that, and, and just hearing him say that, you, 
now you know he's serious about the scotch comments and he doesn't drink beer right because he would have like the the well, a, I mean, a, a small brood paps he said paps pbr it's a wisconsin company isn't it still Sort are of. They, are they Wisconsin? I didn't know. So. That's I didn't, where they, I didn't they started know, here. I didn't know if any of the beer companies in America were actually American anymore. I oh, most that's a of good them point. Were, yeah, I thought most of them were. Well, they started here. I guess I can't speak <laughs> who owns Paps now. But he did want the crowd to be more engaged. Yeah. Uh, whether that was uh, beer induced or not. Would Would drinking beer before a game at Lambeau would that make you more, less, or the same engaged as what you are on a normal week here for these fans? And, Lambo. That's a great question. So my, we were talking about this in the locker room before we came up to record about how I don't drink alcohol and I don't do tobacco. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I do sweets, and at, yeah. uh, I was just Refined eating a donut sugar. when I saw. Yeah. In fact, but so I'm curious because you also there's a guy named Doug Schneider who does a great job. He's one of the reporters over at the Green Bay Press Gazette, and he does hashtag scanner squawk during games. Yeah. And there's always these people that are drunk and passed out in the bathroom or on the concourse or in their seat. And I have never for the life of me understood Packers tickets, A, are expensive. Yes, they are. And B, they're a, I mean, it's a really big deal to go to a game for most people. Yeah. Like, this is your team. You love them. Yeah. So I don't understand how you lose such control of your consumption that by the second quarter you're passed out in the urinal. Now I would I, I I would really like to poll these people and and to see their take the day after when they're waking up either in the drunk tank or in the hospital and ask them was it worth it? Did you enjoy your time? And then I would like to poll them a year later after the embarrassment residue has wiped off and you ask them again, was it worth it? Did you have the time of your life? It would be such an interesting conversation to have with these people because I feel half of them the next day would be like, nah, yeah, I, I overdid it. And then I believe a year later, most of them would say they'd be over the shame and they'd say, yep, and they'd go right back in and perform the same amount of consumption that they did right. <laughs> the first right. time. So uh, it's interesting, though, because when Rodgers is talking about this and we heard Matt LaFleur do it, and I'm curious what you've observed, because for me, it does look like the home... Now, we haven't been at Lambeau Field in a month since that Carolina game, but it did feel like throughout the season the home field advantage has gotten more significant. The fans are louder, and they've tried, obviously, the blinking lights and everything else. Does that as foghorn? Right, that don't did not. That did not go horn? as well. No, <laughs> I still don't I'm, like. I, I'm gonna. I, I don't want you getting in any trouble as an employee. So this is me saying this. Whoever thought of that, and God bless them for thinking outside the box. But it sounds like you just lost on the prices right. Mama. I that, that that's not something that gets me fired well, up. Maybe maybe the thought was in the right place, but the execution was not necessarily nailed. I think it's I just actually, a bad sound effect. I I, per, I liked the foghorn. I thought it was great. I, you know, I just maybe it just needed to be louder to really get the full appreciation. Right. Well, I don't necessarily disagree with uh, your kind take but on ne the idea. But neither here nor there. We're still. It talking. has gotten better. Yes. Have it, you noticed it, it, that? I, You're down on the field yeah. during games doing the radio for the pa Packers radio network. Now, that's not me it? calling the Packer fans front runners. That's you saying that. Right. I think the Packers fans just truly appreciate the way these games have amped up 
in uh, in emotion, in importance, and you get to the later. This will be an interesting game because now we're playing the lowly Washington Redskins, who are not mathematically out of the equation for playoffs, but they are for all intents and purposes. And their offense is terrible. Yeah, thirty second in yards and in points. So it's it, it begs the question: Will the Packer fans come with it this week for a noon game for a team that? doesn't really matter i mean it matters to the packers but it, it'll be interesting to see if they bring as much juice as the carolina panthers who when we played them were riding high right you're right if if they do if the fans are engaged from the start is that an indicator i would argue that it is that they're listening to matt lafleur and aaron Rodgers because matt lafleur and i i asked him about this during the course of the week he came in here and whether it was from talking to other people that were in the building after he was hired or knowing some reputation of how things have been around here in the past, he clearly made it a priority to get the fans more engaged. And home field advantage, he, you know, I'll, I'll, I remember him talking about how he remembered the 2016 game in Atlanta during the regular season when all these Packers fans invaded the Georgia Dome, and here he was coaching on the Falcon staff, and they were going to a silent count with Matt Ryan in their own stadium, and he wanted to see that at Lambeau. It would seem that they have trended that way. It helps to have played well. But what you're saying is this is the kind of game where we'll find out we will if find, they're bringing it. We will find out if they're listening because if they don't bring it, if this is, then then it's truly the flavor of the day. What do the fan, right. you know, which fans do we have? Do we have the fans that did drink the beers before the game or do we have the fans that drank one Bloody Mary before the game and, you know, kind of did it the old-fashioned Not that there's game. anything wrong with that as long as you're loud. No, yeah, and and we'll find out. But I, I, I tend to believe that uh, certain fans come in and they like to they like to yell, they like to go crazy, and they like to be, be raucous. And, and there are some fans that, that tell the other fans to sit down when they stand up. So we'll find out which fans came or come for the Washington game for a game that again, I repeat, does not have a whole lot of luster on the schedule when you look around the league this week. It's just kind of a game that the Packers should win. But I hope that the fans are as loud as uh, they have been so far this year. So your old buddy Aaron Rodgers, you guys have been friends for a long time. He likes to give you a hard time now that you're on our side of the fence. And that, that sounded terrible, but I, I get I get what you're saying. Now that I'm what on the media side, side of the media side, what yeah. side of the of I don't know. What, I, si- what are you, you on the side just, of? Just, Other just, side of the microphone? How yeah, about that? There we go. That you like that one better? Yeah. Okay. No, Ashton will edit that out. <laughs> uh, but he gives you a little bit of grief from time to time at your lo- at his locker. And the one time that you asked about a trap game, even though it was a hundred percent exactly yes. an appropriate question, yes. he gave you. Endless grief about it. Yeah, you know, we used to make fun of the reporters yeah. who asked that. Mm-hmm. You and I, and now you're asking. This is like the quintessential trap game, isn't it? Well, I believe so. I, I just talked to everybody down on how it's a game of little importance on right. the schedule. <laughs> so, so when you were playing, and you know, the other thing Rogers talked about during the week was noon games can also be a challenge for players. You know, and you need that spark at some point to kind of get you going. Um, how did you approach these to make sure that at least your performance, because you can only control how you play, but also your efforts to get guys engaged and ready. How, how did you combat that? See, for me, I, I don't. I don't think there should be ever a case where where that happens at home, especially with what they have ahead of themselves right. going into the playoffs. Now, I 
I would have I would have anticipated a slow start in New York um, for a few reasons. Number one, um, the the amount of travel that they had to do coming from you know out west back here, then back out east. Like to me, that was more of a daunting task. The plane got delayed for them for two and a half hours on the way to New York. They arrived to New York late. That was the first early time slot for an away game. So that, to me, was the recipe for uh, for huh. disaster. Now, you come into here, and you're home. You're sleeping in your own bed all week. You don't need to travel. Everything is kind of pampered for you. So I would expect the Packers to come out fast and hot in this game. Now, I, to me, this is a game where the Packers need to take control early and to set the stage and say, we are a serious contender in the NFC. We're not even going to mess around with this team. We're coming out here. We're hot. I, I would really worry if that's not the case. If they come out and putts around for a half with this team, I would be discouraged going forward. You said the word hot in there. Now, you were gone in 2016 when your good friend Aaron Rodgers played probably the best stretch of football, and this is saying something given how good the guy is, but he was magnificent the six final regular season games and the two playoff games, getting them to the NFC Championship game in which they had Latroy Guy on at one point playing guard. Yeah, they did, so. which was fantastic. <laughs> I mean, how does the media not love that? Uh, it was a game that was well out of hand, but to get there was remarkable. The run-the-table line, four and six, then winning their final six. But he said, I've got to get hot. Mm-hmm. He said it last week. When he plays against the Giants, he has four touchdown passes. Again, no interceptions. When you watch him and he's talking about being hot, does that qualify, or is there, or is he like on the thermometer at like 95 degrees and he could go all the way to 212 yeah, for the boiling to, point. To me, to me, he's fantastic so far. And in New York, he was great with the four touchdowns, no interceptions, just commanded the game. But to me, when he's truly hot, we'll find. Hey, listen, when we go to Minnesota, we'll find out if he's hot. We'll find out if he's right. hot. You know, right. now he he showed points in time when he was hot in that Giants game. The fourth and ten play under duress, backpedaling, puts the ball in the money for a first down to Gmail. That was that you know that was on the verge of heating up. But the big uh, dog touchdown, the big dog touchdown when he's calling it out and and throwing across his body like those those are those are moments of of hotness, but. That was, again, that was the Giants. They're not a very good team. He just needed moments of it in that game. There's going to be a time, and it could be in a few weeks when they go to Minnesota, and then in the playoffs. When they play some of these teams in the playoffs that can run the football, that don't turn the ball over, that's when he's going to need to be hot. Because, quite frankly, if Daniel Jones doesn't play like Daniel Jones in New York and give the ball up three times, that's a little bit tighter of a football game. Right. Nobody was ever nervous in that Giants game because we knew what was coming. We knew there was going to inevitably be a few turnovers that Daniel Jones gave us to have short fields, and we'd be able to capitalize on those moments. Uh, big dog, big dog, big dog. Aaron Rodgers shouting that out as a audible that he's throwing to Mercedes Lewis, whose nickname is Big Dog. Now, refresh my memory. Were you on the field for New York Bozo? Yeah. Okay, I thought so. Yeah. So without giving away too many trade secrets, that was one of those ones that because there's a microphone, and I know Aaron Rodgers hates the microphone because he doesn't want that kind of stuff out there, 
But that was one of those you could hear clear as a bell. New York bozo. Yeah. Um, are you guys coming up with those during the course of the week? Are those his inventions? Big Listen, dog the, was obvious. The, the, the big dog's obvious, and and the big dog is basically because. Matt Schneidman wrote that article a few weeks ago about <laughs> the 37 different players that caught touchdown passes, and Big Dog did not catch a touchdown right. pass yet. So Aaron's going to get that number 38. Yeah. So that was a run play that Aaron, Big Dog, Big Dog, can release on the backside, get open, and Aaron can hit him for. Um, the the New York Bozo, that, was, that wasn't that was a made-up name. That was a name that gets created kind of, kind of like if, uh, if, if any other thing else in, in nomenclature. It starts off with New York, makes it a play going to the right. Boz is a, is a run that we had, and then Open would tell uh, or told our, for, our formation told our front. So when he says oh, New wow. York Bozo, it means Boz open to the right side. So, I mean, that that's a play with some nomenclature built in. But <laughs> That's but, awesome. But the big dog, big dog, right. that's definitely an audible or a check or a can that they came up with, and it's just a creative way to, to get the call off. So when it comes to him doing that kind of stuff, you played with him for a long time, and you know we can say it on the John Coon podcast, you knew the offense even better than he did. Um, what what's that process like though? Like that's fascinating. That that's actually there's a reason behind because bozo's a funny word, yeah. and we we're all like, oh, maybe they're referring to Chris Christie. Yeah. And then I would tell people, no, he's the New Jersey governor, not the New York mayor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but when when you guys are formulating those, are you talking about those in meetings? Because there are also times where you have to change them, right? Because you're playing. Uh, a team that knows your stuff, and you got to change them every week, and they can hear well, them on you the would, broadcast. You, you, yes, you would think there are times when that doesn't apply. There's times when you come out and you give fake audibles, and you give a dummy cadence, and you you, you know, Aaron will even say, um, he'll go, he'll walk up to the line and say, "Sure, I don't know if he's using this anymore, so I'm not going to use it." Let's just say the word is cup, and he'll walk up to the line and go, "Cup, cup," and then he's up there and he's going through the canes and he goes, "Check, check." New York bozo. Well, the cup cup will tell you whatever he says afterwards. It does not apply. Okay. Means, means we're sticking with the play. There's another word. It's like a baseball yeah. sign where you're. Yeah. There's another. There's another word that he uses for it. I'm not sure if they still use it, so I'm not so going to give that one away. Your hats. But I, okay. I know they don't use the New York bozo, so I can give that. I can give that <laughs> one away. Well, we will see if they will be uh, be be able to beat the Washington bozos, who are obviously struggling. Boy, they are they are struggling, and and yet they they're on a win streak. They're streaking. They're yeah, they're, two and. Two in a row since they got an interim coach, and they're running for 230 yards a game now because he's a big he's a big run guy. That's it. That's his shtick. So the other popular topic of discussion around this team, and you obviously heard it during the course of the week as well, is that they don't really have an identity um, in terms of their offense. Okay. Right? Okay. Um, where are you going with this? Do you disagree? Do you agree? Are you asking a question? Well, I guess I, I, I'm, I'm supposed to, you know, between you and Tauscher, I know both of you don't want me to be reporter guys, so I'm trying to have a take on it. And yeah, my, have a take. My take is that I think it's interesting that this coaching staff and this head coach seems to have the ability to say, okay, this is the approach that will work best against this weakness, and we will make it our strength for this week. And uh, Look, I'm a, I was a Mike McCarthy guy for a lot of his career, and I always thought that his mentality was more, this is the matchup we can exploit. 
this is Devontae or Greg Jennings or Jermichael Finley or yeah, John play, Kuhn. You play the hot hand. Right. It's a it's a player matchup as opposed to a uh area matchup of running backs catching the ball in the backfield, which is the way these guys beat Kansas City. Yep. Uh throwing the ball all over the yard, which is the way this team would have beaten Philly had Devontae not getting hurt gotten hurt with ten minutes left in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh Running inside zone to Aaron Jones in it Dallas, is, yeah. so they they really don't have this clear cut. This is what we do. This is our bread and butter. And you know, Tausch and I were talking about how the O three team was. We're going to give the ball to Amon Green. And we're going to throw the ball to Amon Green, and it'll make Brett Favre's life easier. He'll be able to do keep passes off play action and hit deep plays down the field. Yeah. That was their identity. They did it every week. Is it better? that you don't have a clear-cut identity, or do you need one for those times where you have to figure out something and you know, I can always go back to my bread and butter? Well, it's it's an interesting dynamic, and it's a, it's a beautiful discussion. For me, not having an identity only makes it more difficult for defenses to figure out what you want to do or what you're going to do, especially in the very important game situation aspect of football, which is third down, red zone, backed up. When, when, when a play is extremely important, a coach will tend to lean on his identity. Now, my only catch to us not having a clear-cut identity that people could put their finger on, which I'm sure the coaches actually feel like they do have, but that's neither I was just going to ask again. you that, too. But um, the, the one true downside to that, if that truly is the case, is what happens when you come out in a game and – your actual identity, which is we'll find our identity in the game, doesn't happen. Well, that kind of did happen. Right. That happened in L.A., right. and that happened in You're San Francisco. Exactly right. So at that point in time, they all admitted, hey, we just needed one big play. We just needed a first down to get us started. We needed one uh, series, and yet they never were able to do it. I question is if you, my, my question is if you had an identity, would they have been able to establish that identity to just get them started? Right. You're, you're exactly right, and that's the downside of this. And I look at that San Francisco game, and maybe you're right, because that's something that I heard a number of players say. We just never really got that spark. And they didn't do it against the Chargers either, you know? I yeah. mean, 26 to 11. I did think that at least during the San Francisco game, that maybe that drive that ends in Devontae's touchdown and then the two-point conversion would be that spark, but it was snuffed out right away by the Kittle touchdown. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because th- this this team is truly um, both sides of the ball. They need to pick each other up at times because, again, you talk about an identity. Some teams ha- are defensive identities, and some teams sure. are offensive identities. And it's the defense's job to keep it close enough so that the offense can strike. And and some teams, it's it's don't turn the ball over because our defense will always keep us in it. So this team, again, I go back to we don't have that identity, whether we're defensive or, or offensive. But each side has picked each other picked each other off the mat right. numerous times throughout the season. And in that in that game against the Giants, there I go back to the Packers missed on the the two minute drive before half. Okay, they scored on their previous three. Right. Then they missed on their first drive coming out after halftime. They didn't lose any ground. Because the defense 
was able to snuff out the offense for the Giants. Those two, so that was a moment when the Giants could have got back in the ball game. But that's when the defense rose to the occasion. So this team, they have just been magical in being able to play off of one another throughout the course of the season. Whenever they looked like they were truly vulnerable, they've been able to bail each other out. So you mentioned defense, and they kind of do have an identity. They need to take the ball away pressure the quarterback, and play really well in the red zone because also part of their identity is they're not going to be great against the run, and they've given up a ton of big plays. And so I guess my next question is I don't think that you can change what a leopard can't change its spots, right? Yeah. So for me, from where I'm sitting, this is me having an opinion instead of just asking a question, I don't think they can change that identity over the last four weeks. They can play better. But I think they're still going to be susceptible to the things they've been susceptible to. Can you change who you are for a playoff run when things start to change and you're facing teams that aren't going to make this? We said after 10 weeks that you kind of are what you are. And that doesn't change now that they're 12 games in. Now, what I did see was the ability to adjust in the Giants game. Daniel Jones got going a little bit, threw a touchdown versus man against Kevin King, had another really long, think, 12-play drive that resulted in a field goal, had another long drive. And then you know what Mike Pettin did? He said, I'm going to go to two. I'm going to go to too high. I'm going to keep the safety out of the box. Because you could tell they, the, their whole uh, game plan going in was stop Saquon Barkley and, and apply pressure to Daniel Jones. Well, right. when that didn't work, he decided to keep everything in front of him with Daniel Jones, sit in a cover two zone so that um, so that Daniel Jones couldn't make the big plays, couldn't, couldn't do the big things on the outside, actually limited some of the comebacks. Uh, the whole shots in cover two are a lot harder to hit. He did hit one, but he didn't hit multiples. So they did. So they did adjust. It ended up forcing three turnovers. Now, what it did do is that's when Saquon Barkley started rushing a little right. bit against us. Right. And that's why he was started started breaking some of his runs because the gap integrity wasn't there because they had two high safeties. And so that's the game within the game that the Packers have played well. And, and Mike Pettin and Matt LaFleur have been able to make adjustments throughout the course of the year to bail each other out. So we'll see exactly what that looks like against some teams that are struggling and we've got we'll we'll talk about the Vikings game once we get to the Vikings week obviously but they've got this one and then the other two games that they have left against teams that are struggling are against two teams in the division and as you well know from having played division games even when teams are struggling they give you their best shot when they're your division team. Yeah, so on one hand people look at the Packers schedule and say out of the top four or five teams in the NFC, they have the easiest schedule. I would tend to say maybe for the next game, but when you have three divisional games and two are on the road, one of which is against a team that you beat by seven points early in the season, so you know you're going to get – it's really hard to beat divisional opponents twice in one year. Right. The second game, there's always all kinds of adjustments and, and changes made, so you're playing a whole different team. So I, I would argue that those three games are going to be very difficult for the Packers, although very winnable at the same time. I think the Packers should be able to take care of business especially uh, with the assumption that they only need to go 3-1 and one to win a division. I think that's motivation enough for them to, to really buckle down here and take these one game at a time and, and, and be able to accomplish that goal. And those guys know 
that those are games they should win too, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. I, I'll say I'd be surprised. I would be surprised if the Packers don't at least win the division and finish 12-4 and four this year. I just year. love it when Rodgers says, that, you know, those are games you guys are going to say we should win. Yeah, well, you know you're know. saying it too. They know it too. They know it too. But listen, it's it's all about messaging. You know, you, you, you respect your opponent, and they have to respect their opponent. Now, I said that they're going to be more difficult games than what they look like on paper, and they will be. But but quite frankly, they all know in there that they should be able to go 3-1. Um, and one. Heck, they, they probably all feel like they should be able to go 4 Now, I feel like there's a good chance they could because when you look at that, I, I they have the tiebreaker over New Orleans, and that's all they really need because between the Saints, I mean, between the 49ers and the Seahawks, they both have the tiebreakers over the Packers. So to be able to think that both the Seahawks and the 49ers will lose two out of their last four games, figuring they've only lost four games combined through the course of 12 games, I mean, that's unlikely. But they, and only one can win the division. And only one can win a division, so they eliminate one of themselves right off the bat. I, I really feel like if the Packers run the table, they have a phenomenal shot, like a really good shot to get a first-round bye. And that that is key, because you talk about this home-field advantage that's been ramping up all season long. That home-field advantage is huge no, for the playoffs. No, 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 not at all. You guys won a Super Bowl. You won on the road three weeks in a row. Do you know Isn't how many teams amazing? have done that? Do you know how many teams have done exactly. that? You know exactly. Team, well, yeah. Because well, the been, Giants, there's been there's been three, there's been three because I've been on two of them. Because you're right. <laughs> yeah. We talked about that a couple weeks yeah. ago. But so none since is what I meant. None since. There's been three. There's been three teams to go on the road three times and win it. So your Steelers, only, and there's only been a handful more. I think there's only been three more that even played in the wild card game and went right. and won a Super Lately, Bowl. it's only been the first and second seeds yes. that have been going to the Super Bowl. But so who? Who's the other team? Is it the Giants the year that they went on that run late in the year and then beat the Patriots? Uh, I, think, I, I believe maybe? so. I believe. Okay. I, I don't, don't. Well, so I, I, the reason I bring that up is because in the aftermath of you guys winning Super Bowl forty five, then there was the year in in eleven. You guys went fifteen and one, and then you lost your home playoff game after a bye, and then suddenly all the all the Packers fans were like, "Well, it's better to get in and stay hot." First of all, you guys weren't that hot going in; like you were the team that nobody wanted in two thousand ten. But you had you you lost the Detroit game where Aaron got concussed. You had a valiant effort with Matt Flynn at quarterback in New Orleans, in New England, and then you kicked the daylights out of the Giants, and then you beat the Bears ten to three. At home, if I remember correctly, yeah, to get into the playoffs. So it, you weren't, you weren't, you didn't have this big steamroll going into the playoffs, but you knew that you guys were a good team with a hot quarterback. So my question is, you know, that home field advantage. Let's say they do go five and zero in the final five games after that loss in San Francisco. Is there anything to? wanting to keep playing because that's going to be the narrative from some precincts of the fan base of boy a bye week really stops their momentum well i would disagree with it well, but i can see why that I, argument I, would come i'd up. say this that year we were eight and six and we thought we we thought it looked very grim for us to actually be able to make it in right. reality the mathematics was there we just needed to beat the giants to get ourselves back in contention right. When With we, the help of Deshaun Jackson's yes, punt return. When we got into the playoffs, there was this sense of, oh, thank 
goodness, because we have struggled all year long to play, but now it's a clean slate. Everybody's right. back to right. zero zero. There's a big difference between that and a team that, you know, has been playing well all season long and then has to just play in the first round because their record wasn't as good as the other teams because they've been playing well all year long. We felt like we had actually felt like we had been given a second chance that year. That's why I feel like we were able to go on the road because we were playing with the house's money. We felt right. like we probably weren't even supposed to be in there. And, with all and your yet injuries. we were. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, and that's, and that's kind of how you can self motivate yourself. I don't see, I, I don't see that being the case for most teams that get in as a Wild card. And let me just state for the record that the 2012 team proves that that theory is ridiculous because 2012, you get hosed on the fail Mary. And even with that, you still go into Minnesota with a chance to win and yeah. get the first round by. Yeah. And instead, you lose. Uh-huh. The 49ers get the bye. You guys have to play Minnesota the first w- weekend. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, they're out there with Colin Kaepernick installing the read option during their bye week. I yep. mean, they didn't run that during the course of the season, yep. and that week off was the advantage for them. If they had had a play against Minnesota in that first weekend and you guys had had the weekend off, they don't have time to put in the read option, and maybe you guys, you're playing them at home instead of out a candlestick, and suddenly things look a lot different in 2012. Things look it a makes lot, a big difference. Things look a lot different, but... 2012, Adrian Peterson ran for two, over 2,000 yards. Yeah, so, he was pretty I mean, good. <laughs> that was something different there so, that, that we were facing the last. Game so the let's. Season. I'm glad you. I'm glad you bring it back to him before we run out of uh, podcast or before we have to go down for assistant coaches. Um, he's still playing. That was 2012, mm-hmm. and he had that huge year. He will be at Lambeau Field this weekend, obviously with his with Washington. Um, as one, from one old running back to another who is in the league, I think pretty much the same all years, right? His, his first year was 07, right? Yes. Your rookie yeah. year was this 05. Is his thir- this is his 13th. Yeah, I believe this is his 13th. So what do you, I mean, what do you see in terms of his longevity? He's obviously not the same guy you faced in 12, but he still had some production. He's, he's running and he's running hard, and that, and that bull does not stop for anybody. He will he will try and run through. They better be in their gaps because the the scouting report on Adrian Peterson is make him bounce it, then make him bounce it again, and then make him bounce it one more time until he hits the sideline and runs out of bounds. Right? Because you do not want him to have a lane going north and south because he will hit it, and anything that gets in his way, he will run over. So that's the Adrian Peterson um, that that they're still going to see if, if he breaks out. Can he outrun people? I don't know. We'll see. You right. know, it, but I don't want to take that chance. He is he is still a very dangerous back. He's still a very hard running back. And until he gets injured, I, I don't see him stopping playing. Right. He also needs to keep playing. I think he had some financial challenges that uh, some investments that didn't go the way he wanted. Is he one of those guys? You know, you played with one in Rodgers, Obviously, I've heard other players from other teams say. He's a guy that even though I'm an offensive player and I'm supposed to be meeting with my coach on the sideline, I'm looking. I want to watch him. Is he one of those guys? For it was was Peterson. He or always was Randy Moss. He always was, and we go back to that 2012 year, and he rushed for well over 400 yards against the Packers in his two regular right. season games. And I'll remember his first game running, and there was two or three runs where he just clear ran over three guys. Did not. 
break a stride and threw them to the ground and kept going. And I can remember people on our sidelines yelling, that's unnecessary roughness. <laughs> on the running back, I'm standing there on the sidelines thinking to myself, no, that's just a great running back right, right. there. And he was, I mean, that year when he won league MVP, that was one of the finer things to watch if you like running backs. That'll do it for our ninth, eighth, something like that podcast. I'll talk to Ashton Rothenchild and, uh, and get the right <laughs> number from him. That'll do it for this week's Coon Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We'll do it again next week.